I love being a mum. And I truly believe that I've had those experiences, not only because I've done the work, but because it's been a choice that I've made. And now I am so committed to helping other women have an empowered experience and to enjoy motherhood because this journey from maiden to mother, matrescence they call it, is one of the biggest life transformational experiences women go through. This is Melissa Ambrosini and you are listening to the Lifestylist podcast. What's cracking, folks? We're doing it again. In this episode, we welcome back to the show the great Melissa Ambrosini. Named a self-help guru by Elle magazine, our friend Melissa is also the best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide, Comparisonitis, and the Audible original Purposeful. She also happens to be host of the number one rated podcast, The Melissa Ambrosini Show, where she shares her wisdom and in interviews with the biggest thought leaders and experts, including yours truly, in the world to help her audience unlock their full potential and live their best life. You can find show notes, links, and transcripts for this one at lukestory.com slash mama. The show you're about to hear is all about Melissa's journey into motherhood and everything she's learned along the way to becoming a first-time mom. So we cover the challenges, the blessings, and everything in between. Here are just a few of the topics we get into. Conscious conception and the value of making love to make a baby. What needs to happen physically, emotionally, and especially spiritually in order to get prepared to conceive. What it really takes to create a blissful pregnancy. The importance of creating boundaries with friends and family who want to offer negative or fearful advice about your birth journey. Creating an empowered birth experience wherein the mom feels totally safe and honored throughout the entire experience and how couples can create a birth support dream team with a doula and or midwife. How to choose an ideal birth scenario for yourself, whether it be at home or in a hospital. And Melissa and I also talk about her incredible new eight-week guided course called Holy Mama, wherein she and a massive group of other world-renowned fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and even parenting experts guide members through the entire process of doing all of this holistically. As you'll soon find out, enrollment for her course is available today through November 3rd, 2022 at lukestory.com slash holymama. And the holy here is spelled W-H-O-L-Y, by the way. So lukestory.com slash holymama. You'll also find this link in the show notes on your podcast app. I highly recommend checking this out if you intend to have kids. I know I personally can't wait to get in there and learn all of this stuff myself. All right, that's it. Now, please join me in welcoming Melissa Ambrosini back to the Lifestylist podcast. Enjoy the show. Melissa, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I always love catching up with you. Likewise. And it's been it's been a few years. I feel like we had you and your husband, Nick, on the show, what, four years ago, five years ago or something? Yeah. Yes. Def- I think it was around five years ago. Yeah. Pre-COVID. It was. Yeah. And you, you all came to my, uh, my apartment in LA where I start, where I started this podcast. And I remember we did, the show was essentially around conscious relationships and you guys were sharing your experience with me. 
And at the time, I was really struggling in that area. And I was very keen on learning healthy ways to engage romantically and had very little experience. And I remember there were a couple things that stood out about that interview. And we'll link back to it in the show notes, which, uh, by the way, will be lukestory.com slash mama, because we're going to be talking about motherhood today. So we'll link to your prior episode. But there were, there were two things. One was that I remember you two met, got engaged, and got married super fast. Yet you had a healthy relationship to this day. You seem to be doing great. And that was totally counter to what my experience had been at that point of going fast. And the, but then I had that experience with my wife, Allison, in a, in a very similar way. So now I understand how when you know, you know. But there was something one of you said, and it has, out of the hundreds of interviews I've conducted here uh, in the past six plus years, one of you said this, And I will never forget it. And I think of it often. And you said something to this effect. I'm going to paraphrase it, but it was like, nothing good ever comes from closing your heart. Right? Did I, I don't know if Mm -hmm. I phrased it right, but for some reason that just hit my nervous system. And I was like, Luke, don't forget that. And I've actually applied that principle in my relationships since that moment with some consistency and especially in the relationship I'm in now. It's like, and maybe I'll just quickly kind of share my experience of it and you can elaborate on what you meant and how you use that in your relationship. And then we'll get into motherhood and all the things. When I find that useful is like either party in the partnership gets triggered by something that the other one says or does, right? And you know, now understanding trauma and PTSD, I, I can kind of see, oh, there was something in the past that hurt me. And so the thing that's happening right now in this moment is subconsciously reminding me of that past event and I'm overreacting to what's happening now and thus feeling that contraction or that need to kind of pull back and withhold or close my heart and protect myself. And so how I apply it is... When I feel that sense of resentment that starts to sort of build on the back end of being triggered in the moment, and if my mind starts going, you know what, fuck her, how dare she say da da da, like when I start building a case in my mind, or you know, wanting to give the silent treatment, or or whatever I want to do to like show them that I'm pissed off, or any of those games, that statement comes to me, and I I interpret all of that as a closing of my heart, and I just remind myself. This is not going to have a positive outcome, no matter how good it might feel in this moment. (laughs) It's a very temporary satisfaction, and it's definitely only going to make things worse, not better. And I've been pretty freaking good, I have to say, about just even when I want to be pissed, and I might even be right. You know, in a court of law, you'd say, Luke, you're in the right here, partner's wrong. Um, But even when I feel like I'm right, just to kind of surrender that and let it go. And as a result of, of you guys telling me that, I think. I've really been able to avoid a lot of unnecessary conflict and drama and just move through things very quickly. Mm, I'm so glad. Yeah, so I just wanted to thank you for that at the top (laughs) of the show. Just one of those little things you could just say in passing and it changes someone's life and it, it certainly changed mine. So thank you for that. Oh, you are so welcome. Yeah, I I loved 
that time that we got to spend together. I love all of the times that we get to spend together. We always have such a great time connecting and dropping deep on all things. And we were there at your house promoting Open Wide, my book and my husband's song, Open Wide. And the book is called A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships and Soulful Sex. And in the book, I talk about nothing good comes from closing. And it's one of my favorite mantras, nothing good good comes from closing. And this is something that Nick and I to this day still remind each other of because I cannot think of one time where I have ever shut down my heart, closed off, and it has worked out for the better. I can't <laughs> think of one time where that's happened, where I'm like, yeah, that worked out really well. I'm really glad that I did that. I'm really glad that I shut my heart off and closed down and rolled over in bed and said, no, I'm not talking to you. And, you know, I've not remembered one time where that has ever worked out really well. And so in those times where you do want to, like every cell in your body wants to shut down, wants to roll over and just go to sleep angry or whatever it is, the work is opening yourself back up, opening your heart back up, pulling your shoulders back, opening your heart, turning to your partner and saying, I'm sorry, or let's talk about this. Like that's the magic, that's the work. And this is literally, and it it happens in all of my relationships, you know, in my friendships, I do the same thing. Whenever I feel myself shut down, I do that work and I open back up. Doesn't mean it feels easy all the time, but that's, that's the work. So I'm so glad that that resonated with you. And, you know, everyone listening, just think about this today. When you're out in your day with your partner, with your friends, with your work colleagues, with your children, notice when you go to close down and open your heart back up instead and then see what happens because connection and intimacy happens after that and vulnerability connects us. And so your relationship then deepens as a result. So give it a try. I love it, you know, and in thinking about that, now that I say it and kind of repeat it, it sounds so simple. And some people listening will probably be like, well, duh, of course. But in practice, it can be very difficult, you know, especially I think at stages in my life when I hadn't worked through a lot of my issues and just unhealed emotional stuff. I mean, even if I wanted to not shut down, I could literally couldn't stop myself from doing so because that that reaction had just become so automated and innate. Like there's there's no way I'm going to be vulnerable and really express how I feel and leave myself open to being hurt. So I just have to shut down. You know, I didn't even have a choice. But I think something about it for me that's been really important and, and that's made it possible is, is actually being with someone who's worthy of the trust for me to be vulnerable, right? And I think in in the past, in relationships, um, there have been dynamics where it probably wasn't always safe to emotionally become vulnerable like that. And so it might've even been prudent and wise in some cases when I was in relationships that were more dysfunctional to withdraw a bit because it was so unsafe because there was so much craziness and codependency and just drama there. But 
now I find it easy because I know that in my case, like Allison's always going to come back around, even if there's like a rocky moment, it actually is safe to not shut down because I know neither one of us are leaving. And I know that neither one of us are going to do anything intentional to hurt the other. Mm. So there's like a kind of a foundation of, of safety and security there that for me makes it possible to not close my heart. And I, and I got to say, I think the whole time we've been together and what I learned this from you before I was with my current wife, I think there's only one time where I was like, no. And I ran in my room. Uh, we had, <laughs> we're in this apartment and I was like, no, I'm going to teach her. And I went in my room and I, and I spent the night kind of with a closed heart, you know? And I was just like, I'm not going to go in and say, I'm sorry. I'm not going to, we're not going to make up. I'm just, she's going to have to just suffer the rest of the night. She probably just went to bed just fine. But, uh, you know, the next morning I thought of that and I was like, you know what? It's true. Like things aren't any better because I did that. Like, because now I got to like undo being a dick. (laughs) Totally. Now there's like damage control that could have been spent doing something more productive. So anyway, uh, don't want to get too far off on that tangent, but you know, like I said, it just goes to show sometimes you say something in passing and it can really impact someone's life. So beautiful, beautiful principle. Mm. All right. So let's talk about, let's talk about make babies. So you've got this beautiful daughter who's now a year and a half old. And I became aware of that, I think just from, you know, seeing you on social media and stuff like that. But, uh, recently learned through Allison that you created this incredible course on conscious parenting and birth and all the things that are supportive to people that want to have kids in a, in a more conscious way called Holy Mama. And so then I started to kind of revisit what you're doing in this area. And I was like, oh man, she's like really on this path. So I thought it'd be cool to have a conversation, especially from the perspective of a new mom, because I have interviewed, you know, doctors and different people that um and doulas and and things like that that are on kind of the support side but i don't know that i've really talked to someone about their subjective experience and their whole journey so i kind of want to go back to maybe the beginning with you you know when did you start to feel that you really wanted to have kids is that something that you know as a as a little girl or a teenager you knew that you wanted or is it something that kind of hit in your 30s that later in life how'd that go for you I was not that girl who dreamt of her wedding and having babies and being a mummy. Like that was not me, you know, and I have friends that, you know, finished school and they were like 18 and all they wanted to do was get married and they dreamt of their wedding day and their big, beautiful dress and being a mom. That was not me. I just didn't do that. Like, and I didn't even think about it. I just didn't do it. It all kind of hit when I met my husband in 2013. So we had known each other for about three years before we actually got together, but he was in a relationship and I was in a relationship and we were both doing a lot of healing in those relationships. Like they were our big healing relationships. And then we both found ourselves single. And at that time I'd I'd seen him and I was like, oh, he's really handsome and he's a really good catch, but I never allowed myself to think anything more than that. And so we both found ourselves single and we kept on being put in the same room at different events. The universe kept on putting us in the same room and we'd never run into each other like this ever before. When we then got together, we knew straight away, I knew straight away that I was going to marry him and I was going to have his babies. And we (laughs) fell in love 
Like we fell in love straight away. And like you shared before, we got engaged after two weeks and then we were married five and a half months later. And this is almost 10 years ago now. And, you know, people used to say to me, when you know, you know, and I was like, that is the biggest load of BS I've ever heard. And then I met my husband and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what they were talking about. This is when you know, you know, I get it now. Okay. I understand. And so all I had said before I met him that I didn't want to get married and I didn't want to have babies. Like I, I thought that, but because I wasn't with my soulmate. And then I meet Nick and I'm like, I want to marry you and I want to have your babies. And so we began our conscious conception journey in 2013. We went and saw a naturopath straight away, like literally a few weeks into our relationship. We went and saw a naturopath together and we said, run all of the labs baby making on both of us. We want to start priming our body now. And the naturopath was like, oh, that's so exciting. When are you guys going to start trying for a baby? And I was like, oh, not for years. And she was quite perplexed. She was like, (laughs) what? And I was like, no, no, I'm just getting ready. And I'm the type of person that whenever I do something or I'm interested in something, I research it to the nth degree. Like I research, I read, I watch documentaries. I am obsessed. And so I became obsessed with all things, conscious conception, fertility, pregnancy, empowered birthing, orgasmic birthing, postpartum, the fourth trimester and conscious parenting. And I also just need to add to this, I became a stepmom straight away as well. So I have a 16-year-old bonus son. So I was instantly a stepmom. So that kind of sparked the conscious parenting interest. And back then, babe, in 2013, there were no podcasts on conscious parenting. Dr. Shafali wasn't doing the podcast circuit on conscious parenting and doing live events. And so it was really hard to find information on conscious parenting back then. Perhaps now, more than ever, humanity is under an incredible amount of stress. Hell, even when the world's not this insane, normal life can be stressful. And aside from just being uncomfortable, stress can take a toll on your body, raising your blood pressure, making it harder to sleep, draining you of vital energy, and making you more irritable. That's why I strongly recommend that you supplement with magnesium daily. A shocking 75% of people are magnesium deficient. That number might be even higher among business owners and C-level professionals. That's because stress depletes magnesium levels. And this can, of course, trigger a vicious cycle of rising stress and severe magnesium deficiency. This magnesium stuff is so important that it's involved in over 300 chemical processes inside your body. It's a critical mineral. Having enough magnesium can give you better sleep, more energy, healthy blood pressure, less irritability, a calmer mood, stronger bones, reduced muscle cramping, and even fewer migraines. Sounds awesome, right? Well, to experience these health benefits, you have to get the right kinds of magnesium, and most synthetic magnesium supplements just don't cut it. 
That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic, full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress relief and better sleep all in one bottle. This stuff's incredible, and I actually took one this morning before I left the house. I was thinking about that as I record these ads. I'm like, okay, when did I use it last? Yep, it was today and almost every day. So for an exclusive offer for you Lifestylist Podcast listeners, Go to magbreakthrough.com slash Luke and use the code Luke10 at checkout to save 10% off and get free shipping. That's magbreakthrough.com slash Luke and use the code Luke10. So I became obsessed. I read everything that I could. I had piles and piles of books on physiological birth beside my bed and all of these topics. And my friends would come over, see the pile of books on my bed and say, are you guys trying to have a baby? And I was like, no. And they're like, when are you thinking? I'm like, I don't know, maybe in like three or four years. And like (laughs) everyone was just like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And so I was just like, I'm obsessed. I want to know everything. I started doing a lot of healing of my own birth. So I had a couple of sessions with this incredible lady where she takes you into a meditation where you go back to your birth and you heal stuff with your birth. I did a lot of inner child healing work. I did a lot of like red thread lineage healing work. And I, Nick and I were both priming our bodies, priming our bodies. And we did that for 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17. And then in 2018, October, 2018, I woke up one morning, I rolled over to Nick and I said, I'm ready. And he was like, just like that. And I said, just like that. Literally, that maternal switch was flicked on within me overnight. And I had never had that yearning before that moment. And so at that time, I was doing a heavy metal detox. I had high levels of mercury in my system. So we were detoxing all of that out. So we decided to start in January 2019. And we had the most beautiful ceremony that we called on her spirit. We spoke to her, we meditated, we did a chant, like it was beautiful, like perfect, right? And I literally thought we would get pregnant the first time. I had no fear around that. I know a lot of women have fear around that. Maybe they're like, I'm too old. You know, I know a lot of women have fear around that. I had no fear. I was 35. No, sorry. Sorry. I was 34. And I thought, surely, no, I would have been 33. I was 33. I can't remember. It all meshes into one. I thought we would get pregnant straight away. And it didn't happen that first time. And I was so perplexed. I thought, I have been prepping for six years. I am the healthiest I've ever been how has this not happened the first time? And then we went again the next month and it didn't happen again. And then the next month and it didn't happen again. And the next month and it didn't happen again. And that went on for 18 
months. Wow. Wow. And my heart would break every month. Every month when I would get my period, my heart would break because that yearning to be a mother was so strong within me. And like I said, I'd never had it before. And so that yearning to be a mother just grew deeper and deeper. And I lived my life in two-week increments, either waiting two weeks to ovulate and then waiting another two weeks to either find out I was pregnant or get my period. (laughs) And so I lived my life in these two-week increments for 18 months. And it was the most hardest spiritual assignment I have ever been on. And I had a really big rock bottom moment in 2010 where I ended up in hospital. And that was a big change for me and a big pivotal moment in my journey. But this was harder. This was harder because it was like this prolonged, like never ending, uh, which felt never ending yearning and and pain within myself like i was in so much pain i couldn't understand why why is this happening to me i'm so healthy i couldn't understand what was going on and i would cry every month i'd get my period i would just cry and that yearning grew deeper and i felt like some months when i would cry i felt like i was crying on behalf of every single woman who had ever struggled before me. And there was this one cry. I remember it. I was was on my living room floor just wailing and wailing. And I was by myself and I wanted to be by myself because I, I wanted to just experience what I was feeling and really allow myself to feel it. And I was crying and I felt all of our ancestors, like all of the women behind me, like all standing there with their hand on my on my back, like all just there holding space for me and allowing me to let this out. And they were almost like, let this go, let this go. And that was a really big pivotal moment for me. And so that 18 months, I kept on priming my body. I kept on priming my mind. I, I looked at a lot of fears that I had come up around this. I looked at, you know, stress because when we are on this journey and and what I teach in Holy Mama, which we'll talk about later, is integrating the body, the mind, and the spirit. And when you embark on this conscious conception journey, it's not just about the body. It's not just about doing the heavy metal detox, guys. It's mm. It's about getting your body into the best place it can be for you. And also then looking at your mind, looking at stress, looking at your fears, looking at your emotions, and then also taking into consideration the spirit, because there's another spirit, there's another entity who is part of this equation. And this was really big for me, Luke. I forgot, and I caused myself so much suffering I forgot that there was another spirit that was part of this equation. I made it all about me and my timeline. Why isn't this happening when I want it to happen? I wanted it to happen months ago. Why? Why, why, why? And 
that caused a lot of inner turmoil for me, a lot of suffering, a lot of pain. And then I remembered that there was another entity that she has her own timeline and she has her own karmic journey. And it's almost like selfish of me to think of it as just my timeline. Like I want it to happen when I want it to happen. I've done all of this prep and now I'm ready. But what about her? Like what about her and her journey? And when I really got that, we then got pregnant. And it was such a big lesson in surrendering and letting go of control and trust. And then we got pregnant. And so I have been studying these topics since 2013. I've read every book. I've gone to seminars and workshops and I've been a human guinea pig myself. And I've also had the privilege of having a top rated podcast and been able to interview the world's best doctors, scientists, New York Times best-selling authors, midwives, shamans, doulas. And so I got to pick their brain during that period, and which was such gold, right? Such gold. And I also never told social media that I was going through this in this 18 months. So I was going through all of this on like internally on my own. My practitioners knew, my husband knew, obviously one friend knew, but I didn't tell social media because I knew this was a spiritual assignment in letting go of control and surrendering and trust. And I didn't want noise from outside penetrating in. So I would interview these fertility experts and all of these amazing people, conscious parenting experts, And then after we'd finished recording, I'd say, by the way, this is my experience. And they would be like, oh, Melissa, like, I had no idea. Like, oh my gosh, like, thank you for sharing that with me. And then they would be like, now do this and like, try this. And have you thought about this? So I had access to these incredible experts as well as going on my own journey and study and studying like a PhD for uh, so many years, almost 10 years. And I have put it all into this program, this eight-week live program, Holy Mama. And as well as me teaching in it, um, I've got the world's best experts inside the program delivering masterclasses on conscious conception, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and conscious parenting. And so that's how the program was created and that's why I created it. And that's a bit about my story of of how I got to here. And um, now my daughter, like you said, is one and a half. And I truly love being a mother. And I had, yes, my conception journey took a lot longer than I wanted and, and would have hoped, but I had a beautiful pregnancy. I had an empowered birth experience, empowered. I had the most blissful postpartum, 40-day postpartum lying in period, which was just like a retreat. I was on a retreat in my home. It was so heavenly. And I love being a mom. And I truly believe that I've had those experiences, not only because I've 
done the work, but because it's been a choice that I've made. And now I am so committed to helping other women have an empowered experience and to enjoy motherhood because this journey from maiden to mother, matrescence, they call it, maiden to mother, that transition from maiden to mother is one of the biggest, that and menopause, one of the biggest life transformational experiences women go through. Our brains actually change. Like all of our hormones in our body are shifting. Like everything is changing. And it can be a very expansive and spiritual and life-changing experience. And I want to help women feel that because for a lot of women, that is not the story. For a lot of women, as soon as they're told they're pregnant from their doctor, their power is taken away from them. They're told you need to do this test. You must do this. You are high risk because of your age. You're this, you're that. You've got to do this. And so from that moment, our power is taken away from us in pregnancy. And then we go into birth and our power is taken away from us most of the time, sometimes even physically ripped out of us. Our children are ripped out of us. Things happen in birth without our consent, leaving women feeling very disempowered and lost and confused. And then they go into parenting, their initiation into motherhood is from that traumatized, disempowered place. And then they step into motherhood like that. And then my wish is that women feel empowered so that they can step into parenting empowered and then raise empowered children. And these children that are coming through now, holy moly, they are light workers. They are incredible. They are, they know what they're coming for. And they need mama and papa to be in their power because they want to be empowered. And so this is why I feel so passionate about it. And I've had an empowered experience and I want to help others do the same because it's our birthright. It's our birthright and we are worthy of it. And you don't have to have a home birth to feel empowered. You don't have to have a free birth to feel empowered. You can have a hospital birth. You can birth in a birthing center. It doesn't matter where you birth. You can feel empowered and you can have an empowered experience. And I really want to help women do that because that will change their mothering experience and it will change the way that they show up. It will change the ecosystem in their home because mothers are the heartbeat of the home. Our energy dictates the energy of the home. When I am grumpy, when I am stressed, you can bet that my stepson feels it, my husband feels it, my daughter feels it. But when I'm happy and thriving, and this is another big piece of it, we talk a lot. There's this thread of self-love and self-care through the entire program because when the mama is full and happy and healthy and thriving, she then dictates the entire energy of the home and, and that's healthy and happy and thriving. 
So this is what I'm committed to and I love it so much. I love talking about these topics. I am so excited to be sharing this with the world and and yeah, the program's open right now. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, while we're at it, I'll let people know that they can find your program at lukestory.com slash holy mama, W-H-O-L-Y mama. So holy like whole. Thank you for that story. It There's so many times I was like, oh, don't interrupt Luke, but there are <laughs> zillions of touch points in there, but you were on a really good roll. So I, I just kept my mouth shut, which is rare sometimes with this uh, podcast, as listeners will know. One thing though there that I think is really important and that is, you know, you talked about surrender and just trusting this process and and letting go of your timeline, right? So say say we played this out a different way and you had indeed gotten pregnant the first time you tried when you woke up that morning and said, hey, I'm ready. Like none of the work you're doing here, well, we don't know for sure, but it's much less likely that the impact that you're going to have on, you know, women and couples listening to this episode, people that um, enroll in the course, it's like we, we're unable to see when we're going through those challenges that on the other side of them, that there's going to be a bigger and higher purpose for that. And I, I love that part of the story. It's like, because that happened, now so many other kind of side effects that are positive have come about. And so that that's extremely um, inspiring to me. It's one of those things I remember like, all right, next time I'm going through a hard time or things aren't happening when I think they should happen, just trust trust and there will be there will there will be a time in the future when I'll look back and go oh now I see why it happened when it was supposed to happen a common request from lifestyleist listeners is a breakdown of my top 5 non-negotiable supplements after a couple decades of research i'd have to say that vitamin k2 easily makes that list Nearly every American adult has insufficient levels of vitamin K2. It's simply not available in the modern Western diet. Why does this matter? Well, a K2 deficiency can cause major issues, including coronary artery disease, heart disease, bone spurs, kidney stones and liver stones, plaque in your heart vessels, and even major cardiac events. In 1990, the Rotterdam study looked at people from eastern Japan who consumed high amounts of K2. More than 8,400 participants were given 50 micrograms of natural K2 on a daily basis for more than 10 years, and the results were insane. Participants of the study showed a 50% decrease in cardiovascular events and mortality, a 25% decrease in all-cause mortality, and finally a 25% increased rate of living longer and healthier. It's crazy what they found in this study. So now you can see why I'm into taking K2 every single day of my life. And my favorite source is from a company called Just Thrive. Their vitamin K2 is the only product on the market with 320 micrograms of pharmaceutical grade K2-7, which is the optimal daily amount. This is the K2 I use and trust because it's microbiologist formulated and clinically tested and supports healthy heart, circulation, brain, bones, and nerves, and even encourages healthy blood sugar levels. So for exceptional gut and immune health, there's nothing like Just Thrive. And right now you can get 15% off everything Just Thrive carries when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use the code LUKE15 at checkout. That's justthrivehealth.com and the code is LUKE15. Going way back into that, you know, you were... uh, 
you were doing this, you know, hair mineral analysis test, you had high mercury, you're detoxing that, you were doing other labs with functional medicine doctors. In the period before you were able to get pregnant, was anything showing up abnormally in terms of your hormone balancing, minerals or anything like that, that would have had any influence on whether or not you were able to conceive? Like, did, did anyone find anything that was kind of missing or out of balance that would have possibly been the cause of that taking so long? Really great question. And I definitely went and did every test that I could. I, I got my hormones tested, thyroid tested. I did hair mineral analysis. I did omega-3. I did gut. I did bloods. I did everything, right? Because that was my first, like when it wasn't happening, when I wanted it to happen, my first thought was, what's wrong with my body? Why can't I do this? This is the most natural thing on the earth. Why can't my body do this? And so I went and did every test that I could to find out if there was anything wrong. And, you know, not really. You know, there was like my my functional medicine doctor was like, okay, like, I think we need to look at your stress. You know, let's let's look at the stress. And, and that's a big piece because that does affect your hormones, as you know. And, but there was nothing that was like bright red warning signs, alarm bells, like your thyroid is out or this, or there was nothing like that. It was like, my doctor was like, okay, like, let's, let's look at your stress. Let's, let's, let's look at that. So when I did all of those tests and then there was nothing that was like bright red warning sign, I'm like, great. So I just have to wait. Like that was me. I was like, so that is when I knew it was a (laughs) spiritual assignment. That's when I knew it was a spiritual assignment. And it was an assignment for me. Like I really did need to work on my stress, which is very challenging in the conception journey when you want it so badly and people are saying, don't stress, but you're like, don't tell me not to stress. Like I want this to happen. Like it's really challenging, but I really had to learn how to relax and let that go and just trust. And I knew that one day I would be sharing all about this. I knew that I'd share all about it. And I really did just need to trust the process. So there wasn't any big things physically, which in the conscious conception journey and in that module in the program, I give you a list of all of the potential labs that you can get done that can really help you get a baseline for where you're at. You know, for example, hair mineral analysis test, which is really important because you don't want to pass on metals down to your baby because they get passed through the placenta. So you want to make sure that you don't have heavy metals, like I had very high levels of mercury. So I got rid of that and then I retested and it was gone, which was amazing. So that's when we decided to baby make. But yeah, it's really important that you get a baseline for where you and your partner are at and then work with a functional medicine doctor to maybe tweak things that might need tweaking. You know, not everyone needs to take iron and to take this and to take that. And so these people that kind of give blanket advice on what people should take when they're pregnant is like, well, you don't even know what's going on for that person. And then if you're recommending this supplement and that could be affecting something for that person with their thyroid that they don't even know, like 
you need to get the data. Like you need to get the data so that you can then work on your unique body and your makeup. It's so important. So we talk about this in conscious conception. Um, so I did the tests and like nothing was bright red. It was just like, okay. He was like, let's look at your stress. Let's work on the cortisol. Let's, let's, because when you're stressed, your hormones go offline and your body thinks that you are running from a saber-toothed tiger. So that's cortisol. That's what cortisol does. It, it turns your reproductive system off and it says it's not safe to reproduce right now. You need to run from the saber-toothed tiger. So we don't want our body to be in that state when we are trying to have a baby. We want rest and digest. We want oxytocin. We want, you know, beautiful hormones swimming through our body that are not going to um, spike our stress. So we want to calm our nervous system. We want to calm our stress. That's like a key to getting pregnant. And then you want to do that through your pregnancy, through your birth and beyond as much as possible. The more that you can balance your hormones, the better. And this is a thing like fertility isn't just about making babies. Like having a thriving reproductive system is about happy, healthy hormones and a happy, healthy person. So I remember like years ago in my early twenties, someone said to me, you got to sort your hormones out. And I was like, no, I don't want to get pregnant. And she's like, that's not what I'm saying. Like we need to sort your hormones out because you have acne and something's going on and we need to get your hormones humming and balanced because that means thriving, happy, healthy human being. And so I, I didn't get that memo in school. No one taught me that. I thought, you know, hormones were just about making babies and that is not the case. And so I you know, did the physical stuff and, and all whilst we were, you know, that 18 months, I was continuously opting, optimizing my body. I mean, I live like this. I eat like this, that my lifestyle is very health conscious and conducive to making babies. You know, I don't need to go and do a detox from alcohol or things like that. Processed food. I don't, I don't eat that stuff. I don't drink alcohol. So my lifestyle is, is very healthy and clean. So the physical stuff I would kept on working on. And then I realized it was more of a spiritual assignment for me. It was a spiritual assignment in surrendering and trust. And also you will like this, uh, this story, which I haven't actually shared anywhere. And I had a mushroom ceremony in this time. And I had a beautiful, beautiful experience where I, oh, it makes me emotional just even thinking about this experience. Ooh. Ooh, okay. So about, I think it was about a year in, I had a beautiful mushroom uh, ceremony with my husband and our best friends. And so there was four of us. And I had a spiritual surgery in that ceremony and I was laying down and I had all of these gold fireflies flying around me 
and they would come through my body and then flush through my fallopian tubes. And they kept on like flushing through my fallopian tubes. And then I saw, I don't know if you've seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Sure, yeah. yeah. And there's the Oompa Loompas. Mm-hmm. I had the Oompa Loompas inside my womb, like working on my womb, like going Oompa, <laughs> like working on my womb. Mm-hmm. And then the fireflies kept flushing through my fallopian tubes. And then this mess, and I had the most beautiful experience. And this message was trust. It's not your body. Trust. Because at that point, I thought it was something wrong with my body. I thought something was wrong with me. Like, why couldn't I get pregnant? And then that's when I really knew I was like, this is a spiritual assignment for me. This is an assignment in trust, surrender, letting go of control, releasing my white knuckle grip on wanting it to happen when I wanted it to happen. And yeah, like a few months after that, we were then pregnant, which was just amazing. Thank you for sharing the uh, the first time shared story there. I've had um, similar experiences without the fallopian tubes, obviously. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, sometimes in those in those realms and dimensions, you have access to an understanding of yourself and your body, and you're able to get in there and do things that would normally be inaccessible, you know? So as far out as that sounds to some people, um, those that have had those type of experiences will know it's very real, especially when on the other side of it, something different happens. Mm-hmm. That's what I always find interesting about those type of healing experiences is sometimes you come out of it and you think, oh, was I just imagining all of that? But then your life changes in very specific ways that are indicative of the fact that, no, something very real happened as far out as it might have seemed at the time or to other people. So Mm -hmm. that's very cool. Another piece in there that I think is really important is how you were talking about stress and cortisol. And it's interesting how you know, you weren't able to pinpoint anything physically that would have been blocking that, which of course, as you said, led you into more of a spiritual understanding. But it always makes sense to me when we're talking about a woman's ability to to get pregnant, that if there's um, a high level of stress, it is very unlikely that the body's going to think, yeah, now would be a great time to get pregnant, right? I mean, it's just, it's kind of common sense. But I think because both of us, men and women, are so used to living in a state of chronic stress that if you asked the average woman who's trying to get pregnant and having a hard time, like, well, are you really stressed out? They'd be like, no, I'm fine. Life's great. We don't even know how stressed out we are, right? Because so many of us are living in that hurried, rushed social media, ah, especially entrepreneurs, right? Where you kind of can't turn your work off in some cases. It's a little harder than just going to a job and coming home and having your life. There's so many different factors there. But Alice and I, as you probably know, are in the journey of working on getting pregnant ourselves. And so I'm always thinking about if there's anything I can do to remove stress from her life. And I mean, as you said, the woman kind of sets the tone of the home, which is so true. So I'm always thinking of ways that I can alleviate stress for her and just have her relax. But especially now, because we're actively trying It's like anytime she gets stressed out, I'm like, no, 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 like relax, relax. (laughs) Don't send a message to your body that anything's wrong. We're fine, you know. Uh, But it's also fun, you know. As 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 a man, there's I don't know if there's anything I enjoy more than to be able to, you know, provide that 
stability in that container to allow her just to, you know, she's taking her guitar lessons and doing fun, creative things and just living her best life and is, is less focused on her career after putting her book and her card deck out and stuff. And it's really nice to be able to actually be in that position. And, and you know, from this perspective of getting pregnant, knowing that on top of just living a healthy lifestyle and being spiritually and emotionally prepared to be a parent, um, that it's really, really important to make sure you're avoiding stress at all costs. So that's a really great takeaway. A hundred percent. It's like your role to yeah, make her feel like the queen that she is. And, you know, Nick and I had a conversation and this is, oh, especially when your partner is pregnant, like, cause the baby feels everything that we feel. So we made it a little game in our house, like how chill can we make Melissa? (laughs) Like how chill can we make her? And so like Nick purposely, and still to this day, he does this now, but from this conscious conception journey, he will not bring things to me that he knows could potentially cause stress in me if I don't need to know them. So he, he doesn't need to tell me that this or this happened in the business if I don't need to know, you know? So he will be very, very mindful. And same with my team. Like I tell them, I'm like, if you know that something is going to cause me stress and you think that I don't need to know about it, please don't tell me. So for example, like the website's down. They don't need to tell me the website's down, just fix it. And then like, (laughs) don't tell me, like, don't, you know, and I think that's a really, you know, I talk about this in the program, like practicing crystal clear communication and having and setting yourself up when you begin on this conscious conception journey. And if you're already pregnant and if you're a mom already, like don't add any stress to my life that I don't need to hear about. Like my parents, for example, they would constantly tell me in the past about all of the tragic things that are happening in the world and this and that, and would love to tell me about so-and-so's cat that just died or their second cousin's uncles passed away, like, and just how traumatic it was. Like, and I appreciate this stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, do did I need to know that? Like, did I need to know that information? Because I'm pregnant right now. And, you know, I just need to stay as zen and chill as possible. Like that is your goal when you are pregnant and when you're trying to conceive. How can you be as chill as you possibly can? And we made a game of it with my with my stepson. Like we made a game of it with Nick. We made a game of it. And if you have little kids and you're going for your second or your third or your fourth baby, like make a fun game of it. Like who can massage mommy's feet the most? Who can, <laughs> you know, who can help mama the most? Like just make it a fun game. And remember that your role is to just be as chill and relaxed as you possibly can. And practice crystal clear communication and have conversations with the people around you and just say, hey, you know, like if I don't need to know about X, Y, and Z in the business or over here, like don't tell me.
In my experience, nothing has a bigger impact, and I mean nothing, on how I feel and perform each day than my quality and quantity of sleep. Honestly, I've tried every supplement and biohacking technology out there to improve my mood, energy, and focus after a crappy night's sleep, and there is nothing that makes me feel better than a good night's sleep. And unfortunately, lack of sleep is simply not hackable in my experience. And the thing that's had the single biggest impact on my sleep is temperature regulation. This company, Chili Sleep, makes the coldest and most comfortable sleep systems available. I started out back in the day using their Cube, then onto the Uller, and most recently their new Doc Pro, which is by far my most cherished sleep tool. It works like this. The Chili Sleep mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep, cold sleep. And with the Doc Pro, I can even set the app to change temperatures throughout the night and even turn warm in the morning to wake me up rather than using an alarm clock. It's really cool. And by the way, it also saves me a grip of money on my electric bill to not run the AC cold all night long. So I'll invite you to supercharge your sleep right now at sleep.me slash lukestory, where you will save 25% off the purchase of any Cube, Uller, or new Doc Pro sleep systems. Now, this offer is available exclusively for Lifestylist Podcast listeners and only for a limited time. That's S-L-E-E-P dot M-E slash Luke Story to take advantage of these exclusive discounts so you too can wake up refreshed every day. And trust me, you'll thank me later. I think when you're pregnant as well, and I had this conversation a few times, but when you're pregnant, any pregnant woman will tell you that, that women love to tell you their horror birth stories or their friends' horror birth stories, especially when you say you're having a home birth. People go, oh, oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Oh, is that safe? Is that safe? Like how far are you from the hospital? Like and, oh, my God, I had a horrific birth and this happened. Like this one time I was at a lunch. I was like really pregnant. I was at a friend's lunch and there was a woman sitting across the table from me you know, someone said, Melissa, how are you feeling? Or how far along are you? And I was like, I'm so excited. And, you know, I'm, I'm having a home birth and I'm so excited. And she goes, yeah, but it doesn't always turn out like that. And I was like, whoa. And then she proceeded to tell me like her horrific two birth stories, which I appreciate. And I understand that women need to express, but not to a pregnant woman who is just about to go into labor. Like, I, and I just had to say, I'm so sorry, honey. I'm, I'm going to just leave. Like, if you want to tell this story, like you can tell it, but I'm just going to leave. And she was like, oh no, 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 no. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You, oh my God, I shouldn't have said, oh my God, you're, you're going to have an amazing experience. And I was like, yeah, I will. But like, you know, I'm trying to flood my body with like oxytocin and positivity Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's what I'm trying to flood my body with. And I appreciate that you needed to express, but you know, women need to take responsibility. Like if there is a pregnant woman, our job is to love on them, to tell them how amazing they are, to tell them that they are so strong and that they can do it. And that millions of women, billions of women have done this before them and tell them that they've got this and tell them that they're incredible. Don't proceed to tell a pregnant woman, your horrific birth story, tell them that they're incredible and that they look beautiful and that they're a goddess and tell them those things. So in the program, I've got some word for word scripts 
as a bonus, you know, to set healthy boundaries. And I think that's really important. We need to set healthy boundaries, especially on this journey. Oh, that's, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, Just as someone like you that's been interviewing experts in these fields over the years, I've interviewed uh, a number of doulas and just natural birth advocates. Um, I've interviewed some people that are, I would say, pretty controversial on topics like circumcision and so on. Uh, and- I know, I've, I've listened to all of those episodes. <laughs> Word to the wise. Um, if you're a parent who's already circumcised your boy, you probably don't want to listen to that episode. But I am just someone who's appreciative of Western medicine and the technological advances we've made. And I'm very glad that hospitals are there, but also avoid them like the plague. You know, I've observed as someone who's now moving into the, hopefully the parenthood phase of life, how deeply indoctrinated people are when it comes to especially what I would consider to be a traditional birth, the one we've been doing for a few million years, which is like get pregnant. And then at some point the baby comes out of the woman We've medicalized it to such a degree that it's now often treated like an illness, right? And so, I I mean, I see this not so much in my circles, but just in the world at large where a woman announces she's pregnant and then everyone comes with their advice based out of fear often, even though it might be well-intended. And the woman is now treated like a sick person. Like you've just announced that you have diabetes or cancer, when to me, being pregnant is actually a sign of peak health because your body's not going to let you get pregnant unless you're really damn healthy, right? So it's, I think that's such an important thing about the languaging around boundaries for women and, you know, and couples in general, where when people want to give advice that's going to actually bring up more anxiety and more fear on the process, that it would probably be you know, wise to just let them know as you did, like, hey, I know you're probably intending to help, but this is not helping, you know? And I kind of, I've just witnessed this with my younger brother who had a complete wild birth uh, recently, very, very successfully. And when certain members of the family learned of their plan, which was his wife is studying to become a birth keeper herself. She's she's now, I think, going to be a doula because she had such a beautiful birth experience. And man, certain people in the family are just freaking out because somebody's going to have a baby, which is the most natural, I mean, probably one of the safest things you can do. I think, and I don't know the stats, but I bet if you get on a busy freeway in a major city, it's probably more dangerous than having a baby, statistically speaking, right? And they, you know, it was really challenging for them and they had to create all of these boundaries and just kind of go off on their own, which was really a shame because they wanted the family to be more a part of the experience, but it was just the indoctrination was so deep within the family that it, it, people were just too triggered. They couldn't just be a supportive observer. Um, so they kind of just had to duck out and do their own thing. And, and thankfully, everything went, you know, as perfect as one could ever imagine in the whole birthing process. But as someone kind of on the sidelines looking at this, I think it's, it is really important just to allow people to have their autonomy and and give them the right to go through this process however they see fit. And from the other side, if you're a you know wild or free birth advocate and you hate hospitals and doctors and someone's like, well, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing it at home. I have a great you know doctor and we're going to do it in the hospital to also just allow them the freedom to do that and not shame them because you think it should be done more naturally, right? It kind of goes both ways depending on what circles you run in. 
I want to back up, though, to something that happens before the baby. You've used the term conscious conception, and I know this is something that you you cover in the course, which, by the way, looks amazing. I haven't had an opportunity to get in there and really dive into it, but even though I'm a man, I'm definitely going to get, I'm going to get in there because of looking at all the modules, there's pretty much like everything I would ever want to know seems to be covered there. But around this conscious conception, so you were trying for quite some time when it came to the actual act of intimacy, did you and Nick have, you know, any sort of sacred rituals where it was like, more than just a passionate lovemaking, but you know, you're setting the intention and creating a container like we're going to conceive right now. If so, did you ever give that up at a certain point and just go, it's going to happen however it's going to happen? Like how much intentionality went into the actual conceiving part? I love that question. So definitely like the first month, it, it, it was so beautiful. Like I said, we, you know, we did a meditation and we really created a very, safe and beautiful experience for each other. It was, it was beautiful. You know, you can have a have meditation beforehand. You can do it some chanting. You can have candles and you can have, you know, all sorts of beautiful things, whatever you want, the diffuser, you know, you can really set the stage and do that. You can absolutely do that. There's there's whatever you want to do and whatever feels good for you guys. You can have music if you want music. Like just be really connected and intentional. And we did that for you know, the first couple of months. And then it got to that point where I was like, so hurt by it not happening. And it then became about, okay, I'm ovulating. Okay, let's do this. Like it came a little (laughs) bit like that. And I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of that, but it became a little bit like, right. Okay, cool. I'm ovulating. Let's go. Like, and that, that magic was lost a little bit. And then it took Nick kind of sitting me back down again and saying, hey, babe, like, remember what we're doing here. Remember that we are creating magic, like we're creating a human. And we kind of have lost a little bit of that. And so we had a couple of therapy sessions together to really just reconnect again because I felt like, yeah, it was it was a lot of stress on myself and on the relationship. And so we had a couple of therapy sessions together and that really helped us kind of regroup and come back together. And what is this all about? Like, this is about us and our love and our connection. And we got back into that beautiful place. And then, yeah, we got back into, you know, really feeling connected and loving each other and and holding each other and what this is all about, which is about creating love and making love um, because that little being is pure love consciousness and it's about bringing her in and she wants to come in into, you know, a really loving, beautiful, safe space and yeah, it was the most beautiful, beautiful experience. And I highly recommend, you know, even just like having a little conversation before and just, you know, being really intentional about what you guys are doing is really a beautiful thing to do. You can do a little meditation. You can hold that vision. You can do some chants. You can, you know, do whatever. You can have a dance, you know, just do whatever. I think it's a really beautiful thing to do, but just connect. Like even, you know, just sitting in front of each other and hand on each other's heart and just closing your eyes and breathing together, um, just doing that for a couple of minutes. 
um, before you go into it and yeah, or even just giving each other like a beautiful massage and just, I don't know, there's so many different things that you can do, but I highly recommend that. I know if I was a little spirit up there and my mama and papa were down there all in love connecting, I'd be like, I want to go to them. Can I go to, can I go to them? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. There's a, there's another interesting, uh, thank you for that. And there's another interesting piece of this when you were talking earlier about you thought once you were ready and you're, you know, of an appropriate age where you should be able to conceive that you just do it and then you're pregnant. And I naively thought that it went the same way. <laughs> I just I just know very little about female cycles, apparently. I'm I'm learning quickly. <laughs> but I, I literally just thought like as soon as I didn't even know about ovulation and stuff. I mean, I'm in my like, I guess you know, late 40s to 50s. And I was like, oh, there's like certain days when you can do it. So anyway, learning through all of that and, you know, having sex sometimes and not being pregnant as a result. But the the piece there that I think is interesting is that when you have such a finite period of time in which you could conceive, it's a little awkward around the spontaneity of sex too. You know, it's kind of, it's almost like, feels like an obligation or that it's, mechanistic in some way when it it seems like it should be and most of the time is just something that's totally spontaneous and just kind of happens beautifully on its own accord and the style of the interaction is just going to be dictated by the mood everyone's in and the set and setting and all of that whether it's more sex versus lovemaking and so on but I've found it really interesting to kind of navigate the conception piece because of the lack of spontaneity and that it's planned there's almost like an added element of pressure that would normally not be there. You know, which is just, I don't know that that's a question. It's just kind of an observation in my experience that something that I hadn't predicted because I just thought it just automatically happened and you don't even have to think about it. Yeah, like I wish we were taught this stuff too. And don't worry, babe, I didn't know this either. Like I thought that you could get pregnant any day of the month. Like this was <laughs> this was like years ago. Yeah. Like I'm like, why were we not taught this in school? Like why right. are they not teaching us how to track our cycle in school and understand the four different phases that we go through in the cycle in a month? Why are they not teaching us that about the luteal phase? Like why are they not teaching us about all these different phases and how to track our cycle and that the ovulation window is, you know, a couple of days and those are the days that you want to make sure you're using protection or whatever, you know. Um, you know, we take the pill, which is which I did. I took the pill for seven years, which stops you getting pregnant for the whole time. But like you you don't need that. Like you you only have this window where you can get pregnant. And and just saying that there are people that get pregnant outside of that too. Like, you know, whatever happens, it's really important to know that there is this window and it does, you know, it can take the spontaneity out of it. But what we did, and this might be helpful for anyone listening and you guys, what we did is because I tracked my cycle, I had an app, I knew I had a regular period, like I knew when my fertile and ovulating window was. And so Nick had the same app. And so when I would go into that like fertile window, I would just let him know. And I just be like, hey, I'm, you know, just a reminder, I'm I'm going into my fertile 
fertile window. I'm going into, you know, which means like maybe in around two days or so, I might be ovulating. And so I just let him know and plant that seed, kind of like a, hey, I'm open, I'm open, you know, like yeah. that. And then so he knew, like he knew. And we'd also have like this little thing, like where I had a crystal. And like whenever I was ovulating and if something hadn't happened that day, I would just go and put the crystal on his desk, on his music desk. And I'd just go put the crystal there. And then he knew like that, that was our signal. Like I'm ovulating. And so we didn't have to have a conversation like I'm ovulating, let's do it, let's go. So it kind of still felt a little bit spontaneous. And so I just put that crystal there and then, you know, the ball was in his court. That was a really beautiful thing to do and made it a little bit more fun. But yeah, over that ovulation period, a lot of experts say, you know, you can make love every second day um, during that little period. And the sperm, you know, lasts that that two days. So every two days. But yeah, you don't also want for a man to be ejaculating every single day of the month. Like you don't want to be doing that because that's quite energy draining and depleting for a man too. And in, you know, Taoism and Tantra, they talk about seed retention and uh, doing that and circulating the energy and not ejaculating every single day. So you also want to like find that window and then save up your seed and and save that energy and then go for it then. Yeah, I can say as a as a man who's aging, <laughs> even if one could do that, you're not going to get a lot done. Motivation, you know, gets lost pretty quick to do other things in life when you're too overactive. Let me ask you a quick question. Have you spent a grip of cash on supposedly healthy food and supplements only to feel worse afterward? Well, so have I. This, my friends, is why I love biomarker testing. I've been running my lab since around 2012, and every year the science seems to improve little by little. But here's the thing. The testing is still incredibly expensive and often not covered by insurance. Then there's the issue of having to hire a healthcare professional to evaluate your results and pray that their recommendations are legit. And all of this gets confusing and time-consuming. This is why I am obsessed with a company called Viome. They solve these issues all together by providing personalized and precise recommendations based on results from your blood, stool, and now saliva testing. And they have four tests available, but their newest, most comprehensive one is the Viome Full Body Intelligence Test. This is by far the most advanced at-home health test currently available to consumers like you and me, and it also happens to be my personal favorite. Now, their tests range from around $149 to $349, which is way less expensive and more accurate than most single tests available through a doctor. And once you get your testing done, Viome even offers custom pre- and probiotics and precision supplements, which are made to order based on your personal test results. So I highly recommend that you take the guesswork out of your health program and get your Viome tests on lock. To get that done, just cruise over to Viome.com and use the code STORY for $30 off your Viome order. Or for the full body intelligence test, you can use the code STORY50 to get 50 bucks off. That's V-I-O-M-E.com. And again, the codes are STORY or STORY50, depending on the test you choose. One of the things that I think would be helpful is, and which you talk about in in your course, of course, is like putting together your dream team, like assembling your team. 
And I think that this is really important, right? Because provided, say, someone's in a relationship, so you were married, your, your husband's around, and we'll just assume that that's going to be the case in most cases with an intentional pregnancy, at least. How did you go about, you know, deciding whether you wanted to birth at home or in a hospital? If so, did you want to just have a doula or did you also want a midwife? Like, how did you decide, you know, the role that you wanted to fill and then how to actually find those people that you vibed with? Because it's such an intimate experience. Did you interview multiple people? What was, what was your criteria for feeling out someone's, you know, level of professionalism, expertise, but also just their energy and compatibility with you and your family container? I love this question. And we talk about this inside the program, creating and building your dream team, because it is so important. Who you choose to have in your birthing space is really important. Like you said, it's one of the most vulnerable, intimate moments of your entire life. And my birthing team were absolute rock stars. Like I felt so safe, so held, so seen by them. And I will definitely be birthing the next time and the next time with the same team. Like I'm like, I want the same midwife. I want the same doula. And so for me, I always knew that I was going to have a home birth. Like as soon as I knew that I was going to have babies with Nick in 2013, always home birth. I felt the most safe in my home environment. And that's a really important piece. You have to birth where you feel the most safe. And if that is a hospital, then go for it. If that's a birthing center, go for it. If that's at home, go for it. You have to feel safe. That is really important because if you don't feel safe, you're not going to be able to fully relax. And guess what you need your womb and your vagina and everything to do? You need it to relax, but you're not going to be able to relax fully if you don't feel safe. So it's very important that wherever you choose to birth, you feel safe. And then whoever you choose in your birthing container also allows you to feel safe and held and supported. And so for me, I always knew it was it was going to be at home. And then I always knew I wanted a private midwife and a doula. And then I had a friend who's a photographer and videographer who kind of was just this fly on the wall taking photos and videos. And yeah, don't even like, she's just in the corner. Like I didn't even really, like I knew she was there, but like she was just perfect. Like, and that's what you want. You want people who are not going to be like, noisy and annoying, or you want people who are so respectful and honor the process. And I interviewed so many midwives. I interviewed, because this is my personality. Like I researched things to the nth degree. This is my personality. I interviewed so many and I had FaceTimes with them so I could feel their energy. And then I met a few of them in person um, but when I met uh, this midwife, I knew straight away. Well, actually, Nick knew before me. He says, he said, this is this is the one. And I was like, really? But I was like, I want to interview more. And so he let me go and interview, you know, a whole bunch more because I just want to make sure that I had the right one. And we ended up going with her. And I'm so glad she is like a full-on birth keeper. She also is a pelvic floor, pelvicology specialist. She does kind of like yoni mapping and de-armoring. 
as well. So she gives you two sessions whilst you're pregnant to to de-armor, to release any fears and, and emotional stuff that you have in your womb, um, which is really amazing. And she's like a shaman. She's incredible. She's so amazing. And I'm so glad I had her. And then I had a beautiful doula who was more of like this delicious mama, you know, mama figure, you know, she was just like so nurturing and so beautiful and supportive. And, and then I had Nick who was just my rock. Like I fell so madly in love with him that day even deeper, the way that he showed up for me, like he was my hero. And I would, you know, afterwards I'm like, you're my hero. And he's like, you're my freaking hero. He's like, what you just did, like at home with no drugs, vaginally, like what he's like, you're my freaking hero. And I'm like, no, you're my hero. And yeah, like the way that he just showed up and it's so beautiful. I think the role that the partner plays, like, and in my, my situation and your situation, like the role the man plays is such a beautiful role. Like it was to witness him, like he's in it too. He's in it too. He did not leave my side. He was there with me in the meditation with me, in the birth vortex with me. And you'll experience this, Luke, and you'll just be like, wow, like it is pure. I've got full goosebumps. It's it's magical. And Nick is like, that was the best experience of my life. And so it's really important. Like you have people in there that are going to be an advocate for you, especially in a hospital setting, like are going to be an advocate for what you desire. Because if something does go the way that you hadn't planned, and then people are saying, we've got to do this, this, and this, and that was not your desire. Like you need people to be your voice. Yeah. Yeah. In that time, because you are in the moment, you are in the zone. So you need people that can be your advocate, to be your voice, people that you trust with your life and with your baby's life. Like, and I did, I trusted my midwife so beautifully. And, you know, we said afterwards when we were doing a debrief a few days later, which is really another important piece that you do a debrief with your midwife or with your doula and your partner and you kind of ch- chat about it because it's really important that the mother and the partner process what has just happened. It's really important. And so we were doing the debrief and and we were all saying like, it was so beautiful. Like the, the way that we all worked together, like it was, I, it wasn't just me birthing, like it was the whole team. And we were doing this beautiful dance between each other. And there was unspoken energy. Like we didn't even need to talk. It was silent most of the time. And then my midwife would just go over there and do this and press on my back there. And like, it was just this beautiful, beautiful dance. And so it's very important that you choose your birthing team wisely. And if you have a midwife, and this has happened to a lot of friends of mine, if they, if you have a midwife and you don't resonate with her, you can change. And I've had women change at like 27 weeks, like you can change. It's really important that you feel safe and seen and held and secure and um, choose people that are going to support you and your vision. 
That's incredible. I'm glad we got to cover that. You know, again, like with my podcast, I'm sometimes selfishly asking questions because it's something I'm facing in my life or will soon face, you know, and that's that's kind of a piece that I think is going to be really important. But also, of course, you know, for anyone listening, um, man, I, I want to, there's so much more I um, feel like <laughs> I want to hear about. We didn't even get into your postpartum and all that, but I know in the interest of time, um, we don't, we just don't have time to get into it. But maybe before we go, you can just you know, illuminate for people a little more of the details on your course, the Holy Mama course, which um, this episode will come out on October 28th in just a couple of days from the time of this recording. So it'll be the 28th, which is the day before my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Another great episode. <laughs> and then the registration closes, I think, on November 4th. Yeah, November fourth, Australian time, which is actually okay. November third for Americans. Ah, okay. So it'll be mm-hmm. well, people will have a, a little less than a week essentially to sign up if they hear this and it resonates. So, you know, give people a little uh, sales pitch. You know, what does the course include? It looks incredible to me. Like if I, you know, from probably get it for free. I have a feeling after doing this interview, but this is something I would be very interested in because it's it's like it's coming from someone who is, you know, you've gone through the process yourself, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's when I want to learn something from someone, it's not necessarily like the doctor, the scientist, the someone that wrote a book. It's like, I want to learn from a person like you that geeked out really hard from years and mm-hmm. is an aggregate of data that's then able to compartmentalize it for me, who's you know a peer, right? Who's going about to go through the same thing, and to be able to learn in that way. So that idea is really intriguing to me. So, you know, give us a, a short overview of what's included here for people. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so we kick off uh, November seventh. The, the, we start the program. It's eight weeks live with me, and uh, doors close November third for Americans. November fourth for Australians, and it's broken up into those modules: so conscious conception, pregnancy, empowered birthing, and postpartum, and then conscious parenting, and as well as getting my teachings in the program and Q and A's with me, uh, you get three to four master classes in each of those areas with those guest experts, um, and you can rewatch those as many times as you want. You can rewatch everything as many times as you want. But the live training with me is obviously live. And then if you can't make it live, you can come back and watch the replay, but you have lifetime access to this. So for baby number two or three or four or five, I know for me personally, when baby number two is time, I will be going back through this entire program myself. And there is no program on the planet that walks you through step-by-step every step of the journey. You know, there's conception programs that talk about the body, but there's no conception programs that talk about the body, the mind, and the spirit, and then the pregnancy, and then the birth, and then the postpartum, and then the parenting. There's nothing like this. And so I've got 19 of the world's best experts inside the program. And like I said, it's eight weeks live. And then afterwards, you can also upgrade to become a VIP mama. And you'll love this, Luke. So the VIP mama is you get an extra five masterclass Q&A sessions with some of the best experts on this planet. And you can submit your burning questions to them. 
And these people don't even see clients one-on-one anymore. And so I've got Dr. Oscar Seleras who wrote the postnatal depletion cure. So he's one of the VIP mamas. I've got Dr. Cleopatra who is a scientist on fertility. She's incredible. Love her. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. I've got um, Dr. Stephen Cabral, who is my personal Ayurvedic physician. I've got Deborah Pascali Bonero, who created the documentary Orgasmic Birth. I've got her in there. And then I've also got Dr. Sarah Buckley, who wrote Gentle Birth, Gentle Mothering. So you can submit your questions to those five experts and, wow. and um, you know, they don't see clients one-on-one anymore. So if you want to be a VIP mama, come and join that. And you know what's really interesting? It's always interesting to see because the doors are open right now. So many people are going straight for that option. So many people. So I'm- really? Yeah, straight for the VIP mom. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. So, you know, people are wanting, you know, that that extra support in that way. So come and join us. And there's a beautiful Facebook community, which is really important on this mamahood journey to have like-minded women on this journey with you. And, you know, you'll be birthing at the same time with the some, with some of them. And that was really invaluable for me to have a conscious mums group that we were all birthing within a few months of each other. That is invaluable. That is just priceless because it can feel lonely, but it doesn't have to be. And this is where you'll find your like-minded women and you can connect and cheer each other on and support each other and swap numbers and, you know, text each other in the middle of the night when you're up pumping or whatever you're doing saying, how's, <laughs> how's your boobs feeling? You know, <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Well, listen, you know, I know you got to go, but that, you know, thank you for coming on the show and for creating this course as someone who had another business for many years, creating online courses. It's not for the faint at heart. It's no. not easy. And it's definitely not easy to do it the way you're doing it, where it's eight weeks of live training. It's Still a lot of work to like put together a bunch of videos and put them in modules and people can study them. I have an EMF course that's like that. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a basic course. It's 150 bucks. I put a lot into it, but still the way that you're doing this and bringing in all of the other experts and just looking at, you know, the landing page you created, I was like, oh no, she did like the real deal. This is like some Marie Forleo level shit here when it comes to online training. People that know her will know what I mean. So congratulations on actually getting this done um, at the same time as being a new mom. And um, and I think this topic is why I've done so many shows about all of this um, in the past couple of years is because I want to learn about it. But also, I think it's just so important because we're setting the stage for the future of this planet. Literally, you know, if you affect one family and the way that they have birth, that's, you know, more holistic and less traumatic for everyone involved, it's like, there's one more conscious little being out in the world to take us to, you know, the next level of consciousness and the, the kind of world that we want to create. So I'm, I'm really happy that you put your expertise in all things marketing and all things you know how to do with writing books and online businesses into something with this topic specifically, because it's just really, really important. So thank you. Oh, you are so welcome, my friend. And if I didn't have to go breastfeed, I would stay for good. another three hours and chat to you. But thank you so much. I always love time with you and your beautiful Allison. You guys are just such beautiful, heart-centered people. And I truly mean that you are so 
warm and you're just so generous and so loving and so kind. And I love connecting with you guys and being in your presence anytime. Like anytime I get with you and Alison, it's just such a treat. So thank you for being here and um, offering me this space and for everything that you do in the world. And I'm so excited for all of your exciting projects, potentially a book very soon, hopefully. Um, And we'll have to get you back on my podcast to chat about that as well. I'd love it. I'd love it. All right. Well, you go breastfeed. Um, (laughs) Congratulations on the course and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Lots of love. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. That's it, fam. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. As usual, I learned a lot myself and my sincere wish is that you did as well. I've always really enjoyed Melissa's very real and approachable attitude. And of course, the fact that like me, when she wants to learn about something, she goes full on deep dive style. And this makes for a great podcast guest and will no doubt make her Holy Mama course worth exploring for anyone looking to have kids in the most healthy and holistic way possible. So I'm happy to support what she's up to over there. Don't forget enrollment for her Holy Mama course is available today through November 3rd, 2022. And again, you can find that at lukestory.com slash holy mama. Okay, on to next week's show. It's number 440, Why Muscles Matter, the truth about essential amino acids and protein with Angelo Keeley. If you're someone who has been struggling to put on muscle, or lose fat, next week's episode is going to help you out. Number 440, can't wait to meet you there. 